This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode 108 of Go To Grandma, originally airing on Zoomer Radio on Saturday, September the 2nd. I'm your host and Go To Grandma, Kathy Buckworth, and I'm so glad you're here for this information-packed show today. While many of your grandkids may be getting ready for school to start, we know that one thing grandparents love to do with their grandkids is read to them. And what's better than reading a book about grandmas and grandpas? Today I speak with Kara Sibanski and Mei Zendang of DC Publishing and their Grandma and Grandpa Adventure Book Series, a bilingual book series with English and French on each page. But that's not the only unique thing about these books, and we'll get into that. Scleroderma is often called an invisible disease, but today I speak with Carrie Hills, who is a scleroderma patient and advocate. She's going to tell us what it's like to live with this chronic condition and how it can be hard to diagnose. She'll share her experience and offer some advice for others suffering with an incurable disease. We all know it's important to assign powers of attorney for both property and personal care, but what happens if you become incapacitated before you do this? What is a court-appointed guardian, and how does that happen? We get into the details during our Take 5 with RBC interview today. It's a mixed bag of fun and facts today as usual, and I'm going to stop now and mix some milk into my coffee as I get ready to interview some fascinating folks. We'll get into the Grandparent Adventure Series first. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Mei Zandang is the owner and publishing director of DC Canada Education Publishing, a small, innovative children's book publisher of educational books, games, songs, and gifts for kids of all ages. She has two grandsons, Mika and Ethan. Kara Sibanski joined DC Canada in May 2018 as an editor and marketing assistant. Good morning, May and Kara. Thanks so much for joining GoToGrandma this morning. Thank you for having us. So as a grandma, myself, of three, I love your book adventure series called Grandma and Grandpa's Adventures. Tell me about this. What are they about? And who wrote and illustrated them? So the author is Esther Morris. She lives in Alberta, but she was born in Hungary. And the series was actually inspired by her own parents coming to visit her kids and the struggles that they had there in terms of language and kind of the adventures that they would have together. Our illustrator is Erin Mercer. She lives in Nova Scotia currently. She illustrates books, makes greeting cards, and has even worked on video games. She is great. We've used her for all kinds of projects. And the series itself, Grandma and Grandpa's Adventures, they, these grandparents, they're so silly. They're always up for some fun, but they often manage to get into trouble. There are currently two books in the series. In the book, On the Road, two grandparents who are eager to visit their grandchildren set out on a road trip that proves to be far more difficult than planned. And in the book, In the Wild, Grandma and Grandpa are taking their grandkids on a camping trip. Grandpa faces wild animals, leaking canoes, and a bear family's concert. They will surely have the best camping trip ever, but you'll have to read the book to see. I can't wait to read these books to my grandkids. They are three and a half and two and then a tiny baby who won't quite get it yet. And they love to see grandparents sort of doing things wrong. I love the whole idea of this. What I love even more is these books are published as a bilingual series with the English and the French text on each page. Tell me what drove that decision. So the author being bilingual herself, she was inspired by her family's multilingualism and wanted to have a book that both sides of her family, both languages, all of that could kind of come together. And as an editor for this series, 
I really connected with that myself because of my own French-English family growing up. I would have to read different books with each parent, not share one story with both, with my mom being French and my dad being English. So recently, we started publishing, this was the first one, our bilingual series, because we want to support bilingual families and also kids who are learning a second language, which is perfect for Ottawa, where we are, because the workforce is largely bilingual in certain fields, such as the government. And May will add to that as well. You know, there are many immigrant, new Canadian, you know, families who have multilingual. Uh, we feel that this book is, is kind of a support of kids of uh, no one language and learn a new language in that uh, in one setting they don't have to buy two different books they can learn from each other so i want to point out this book was published during the COVID. Uh, so the author has you know two uh, young kids and the family want to come over it's so much trouble you know mm-hmm. come to canada during the, this period of time and uh, that's how uh, the story really hit me, uh, you know, uh, really right down. Uh, I, I, I know uh, how parent, grandparents special to their children and the vice versa. And uh, it's such an important role in their life, you know, uh, mutually way. And that's why uh, when I read the manuscript about uh, they are eager to see their grandkids, I had the same feeling because I am a grandma. I know uh, in a week, you, you know, if you, you don't see them for a few days, you miss them. Absolutely. <laughs> I know I miss mine. You're not You're not wrong, May. I agree with that. You have many books that DC Publishing puts out, and we'll get into those in a little bit. But I wanted to make sure that we touched on a special thing that you're doing, which is your 2023 CHEO, or Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, campaign. Can you tell me about the campaign and how DC Publishing is supporting that? So CHEO, the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, if you don't know, was founded in 1974, and they have a huge impact on the health of children and teens, not only in Ontario, but across Canada through different partnerships. They take care of emergency, long-term care, rehab, autism service provider, their research institute, and they do so much more. Now, us at DC Canada, we have, since 1995, been supporting children's education. And it just kind of made sense for us this year. We thought, well, why not combine those two missions? So to combine our love of books with the hospital's commitment to kids' health and wellness, DC Canada is donating $1 for every book we sell this year from June to December 2023 to CHEO. And we will also be giving them some of our books at the end of the campaign as well. We're nearly halfway to our goal right now. We're just, just under halfway. So we need everybody's support to really fund children's health, and provide kids with amazing books so that they can find out more about the world around them, get educated, be inspired to tell their own stories. I love all of this. And of course, besides the Grandma and Grandpa Adventure Series, there are many books that people can choose from if we go to the DC Canada website. Are there any other books you'd like to highlight right now that are kind of special? I'm kind of drawn by this One Story a Day for Science. Can you tell me about that? Uh, so, uh, One Story Science is one of our best sellers. So, we, every day, kids have a little short story and on a variety of topics. 
that uh, we we go from five to seven years, seven to nine. So we have a three and four series of one story day, and the last one is one story day for science. So through everyday reading, kids can learn the, not only the improve their language, but they can learn about the other topics. Uh, the science series is focused on science, so trying to own, make a, a science. Uh, become a soft, you know, not a hard science, mm-hmm. soft science. So everyday life, their experience through story, kids can understand the world around them. We also have a bunch of other multilingual books because that's something new that we're starting to publish just in the last two years. We have a trilingual series actually called Super Hemi Learns Chinese, English, and French, which is great no matter which language is your mother tongue and which language you're trying to learn out of those three. We also have a really funny book that is from Iceland called Counting Sheep, a not-so-very-effective way to fall asleep. <laughs> and we have that available in English, French, and in English, Spanish as our first Spanish book. I love all of this. And as I'm on your website, I'm also discovering you have a bookstore in Ottawa. Is that right? We sure do. We moved during the pandemic to a better location for us where we have our bookstore, our corporate office, office and all of our storage as well for all of our books. So you can find us if you're in Ottawa or if you're stopping by the city at 28 Concourse Gate, Unit 105. And, of course, everything that we have is also listed on our website, dc-canada.ca. You can find the events that we're attending listed on there. You'll find links to all of our books, our games, our artwork, our gifts, which is plush toys, canvas prints, tote bags, and so much more. And we also have some great online programs linked on there as well on their own exclusive websites. One of those actually super neat. It's onestoryaday.ca. And it's an online reading program for kids of all levels with all kinds of flexible memberships. And right now it is $50 for the entire year. So it's a good time to jump on that if your kids are learning to read this year. That's so great. You have so much to offer. Where can we find you online on social media? So we are on a lot of the social medias, all the normal ones, DC Canada, Uh, Education Publishing on Facebook, at DCCED on Twitter, and at DC Education on Instagram. Those are our main platforms. You can also find us on YouTube, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Thank you so much for this today, Kara and May. And May, uh, what is your grandparent name? What is your grandma name for your kids? In Chinese, Mm -hmm. Nai Nai. Nai Nai? I love that. Nai Nai. Yeah, Nai Nai. Just uh, one last point. Sure. DC Canada has been supportive of CHIL for many years, but uh, earlier years through other charity. This year we set up our own, uh, you know, uh, uh, campaign. We want to donate more and make people aware by through uh, children uh, educational products. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that campaign. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your interview. Thank you for having us. You take care. Carrie Hills lives with a rare, chronic, invisible disease called scleroderma. Over her life, Carrie has always led an active lifestyle, eaten healthy, and knew her body well. In fact, for her 10th anniversary being cancer-free, she ran a half marathon to celebrate. This past year, Carrie has decided to share her story about life with scleroderma and what it is like living with a disease that has no cure. Good morning, Carrie. Thanks for being on GoToGrandma this morning. Thank you for having me. Carrie, please tell us what scleroderma is. Up until my diagnosis, I'd actually never heard of it myself. Um, But what scleroderma is, is it's a rare autoimmune disease. And what it 
affects the body's connective tissue. So it's a chronic and multi-system illness that's caused by an overproduction of collagen in the body. And when you've got too much collagen in the body, it can prevent our organs from working properly. So it is a fairly rare disease, I believe, because usually we hear about we need more collagen, right? Right, right. So it is actually the rare, the most common of rare diseases. In Canada, approximately one in every 2,500 Canadians actually have scleroderma. And it's about 6,000 people in Ontario that have and live with scleroderma. So what is it like, Carrie, to live with an invisible disease like this? Yeah, for sure. Um, So there are two types of scleroderma, actually, Kathy. There's one type called localized and another type called systemic. Um, And with the localized scleroderma, it primarily affects um, the skin. It tends to be more common in children. It's better long-term outcomes, and it's a localized, uh, sorry, localized scleroderma. Um, doesn't progress into the systemic form, uh, whereas with the systemic form, it tends to affect skin and underlying tissues, and it causes lesions in the tiny blood vessels and major organs, and you tend to have more severe symptoms, and it does have less desirable long-term outcomes. Um, Currently, there's no cure for either type of uh, scleroderma. It's just uh, managing your symptoms. And no two people tend to present the same. So it's really hard to actually get a diagnosis of scleroderma. I actually had four doctors look at me and trying to figure out what was going on when I was diagnosed because I knew that something was wrong. I um, had some bruising and discoloration on the backs of my legs, which I first noticed. And as time went on and I kept getting referrals to different doctors, it was getting progressively worse. Um, I was having difficulty moving my hands. I was exhausted all the time. And, you know, you take a shower and it's just like you need to go and lie down because you don't have the energy even to continue on with your day. You wake up and you're exhausted. Like, it's just an exhaustion like you can't believe. You know, I was inflamed. Uh, My hands and that were all swollen. At this point, by the time I got my diagnosis, it was about 60% of my body was discolored. And a lot of times when you have an autoimmune disease, you actually get more than one diagnosis at once Mm -hmm. or throughout the time. So, um, you know, you really have to wrap your head around hearing the diagnosis um, and it can play a real toll on you. Um, So you have to kind of learn to still go on with your life, don't let it overtake your life. Um, is what I tend to do. So for me, you know, walking and moving my body is actually good because it keeps my muscles still working properly. Once I was able to get on some medications to help alleviate the initial symptoms, I've been, you know, pretty good. I've had the odd flare here and there, but for the most part, I would tend to say I have more better days than bad days. And, 
you know, it's just really finding that balance, you know, realizing that you have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't open a water bottle anymore, so I have to ask my kids or my family to help me or whoever happens to be with me. You know, there's different limitations. I can't carry my laundry basket up to the top of the stairs anymore or downstairs because I'm huffing and puffing too much. Um, so scleroderma, I have systemic scleroderma, and it affects the different organs. So you can't see that I'm sick when mm-hmm. you look at me. I look quite healthy, but people don't realize what I have to do to get myself up and moving. You know, it's not like I just roll out of bed and I'm ready to go. I have to do some stretching. I have to get my body going. You can't hear me coughing in the morning and different things like that in order to make it to work on time and get there. Um, So I really have to plan my days and, you know, think about what you want to share with people, right? Do you tell work that you're sick and live with an incurable disease or do you just go in and do your job, right? And if you need to call in sick that day, you call in sick that day. So it really does play a toll a lot on your mental health as Mm -hmm. well as your physical health. Is this a hereditary disease, Carrie? It's not, actually. So as far as scleroderma goes, um, it's not contagious. Um, It's not infectious. It's not hereditary that they have been able to pinpoint it. They really haven't been able to find a cause for this disease. So... There's a lot of unknowns and, uh, you know, Scleroderma Canada and Scleroderma Ontario really are doing so much to help those of us with this disease to educate patients, but also the medical community and helping to raise funds for research. You know, the doctors really don't know a whole lot about scleroderma and you know there's some great doctors that are really doing wonderful things to help all of those with scleroderma. That's terrific and you're right raising awareness is obviously something we have to all be able to do and we can go to scleroderma.ca but it's also on social media we can follow along with you at at Carrie being me but also scleroderma can on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today Carrie. Uh, No worries. I'm happy to uh, help be an advocate and share this story and uh, go from there. Thanks. Elaine Blades is a senior manager for the professional practice group at RBC Royal Trust. She's a principal resource for technical and legal expertise for trust and estate matters. Her articles and blogs can be found at advisor.ca, allaboutestates.ca, and on LinkedIn. She is also a new grandmother. Good morning, Elaine. Thanks for being part of our Take 5 with RBC interview series this morning. Good morning, Kathy. We've previously discussed the importance of having powers of attorney for both property and personal care. But what happens when someone doesn't have these documents in place and they become incapable? Well, Kathy, I'm asked this question a lot And actually, the answer is sometimes what prompts people to make that appointment with their lawyer to get these important documents in place. So first, we should look at what it means to be incapable in these circumstances. So under Ontario law, a person is considered to be incapable of managing property if the person 
is not able to understand information that is relevant to making a decision in the management of his or her property or is not able to appreciate the reasonably foreseeable consequences of a decision or lack of decision. So that's taken directly from the Act. So I just want to note that here I'm speaking of medical incapacity. There's a separate process that applies when we're dealing with someone with psychiatric incapacity. So if you are to become incapable of managing your finances and or personal care, a court order will be required under the governing provincial legislation in Ontario, that's the Substitute Decisions Act, to appoint a guardian of property and or personal care. Note that these are the terms used in Ontario. And it's important to know that the person appointed may not be the person that you would have chosen to look after you. So what, if any, legal safeguards are in place to protect the incapable person? Well, first off, the proposed guardian for property, they must file what's called a management plan with the court. And this sets out their plan for managing the the incapable person's property. Certain people, family members, for instance, must be served with this plan. And most importantly, the court must approve it. And there's also a number of legal duties that the guardian must discharge. A guardian is what we call a fiduciary, meaning they have a duty to act diligently with honesty and integrity for the incapable person's benefit. And more specifically, the guardian must um, discharge certain duties, such as maintaining detailed financial records of all transactions and ensure the incapable person's assets are prudently invested. I would think many people would be concerned that the court-appointed guardian may not be the person you would have selected to care for you. Is there anything else that should concern us? Well, yes. A big concern is really the time and cost involved in the process. So as mentioned, the applicant for guardianship, they must retain a lawyer, they must prepare and present a plan for managing the incapable person's assets. This must be approved by the court. You know, and depending on the nature of the incapable person's assets and their personal situation, you know, the plan may be quite complex and it may be quite expensive to develop the plan. And the guardian also has an ongoing obligation to report to the court. Because we have an incapable person here, it's the court that essentially assumes an oversight role to ensure that the guardian is acting in the best interest of the incapable person. So the initial application process and these ongoing reporting are really costs in both terms of of time and money, and they can be largely avoided with proper estate planning, which would include preparing powers of attorney for both property and personal care before you become incapable. Does the guardian need to be a close family member of the incapable person? In addition, what happens if there is no one willing or able to act? So family members may have priority to act, but they're not the only option. And sometimes a trust company, such as RBC Royal Trust, can be appointed as a guardian of property. They may not, however, act in respect of someone's personal care. And in other situations, it's actually the um, Office of the Public Trustee for the province. They may be called upon to act. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with today? Well, if you become incapable of managing your finances and personal care, remember, you're still alive to experience the consequences. So very good idea to make sure that you have a good plan in place. Thank you so much for this, Elaine. Such great information as usual. And if we want to find out more, of course, we can go to rbc.com slash Royal Trust. Thank you. It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. 
E.E. Cummings. Thanks to Carrie for sharing her story of courage, and to Kara and May for doing their part to help our kids and grandkids grow up healthy. Next week on GoToGrandma, we go to the movies. Movies for mommies. And grandmas, of course. I used to take my kids to movies specifically organized for mommies, and that tradition continued when I went with my daughter and then three-month-old grandson. What's different about this movie experience? You'll find out. Then I talk with Memory Lane Home Living, which is a not-for-profit dementia initiative for women in the York region. You'll hear all about their unique and purposeful approach to caring for women who experience memory loss. We'll share some heartwarming stories about the difference this organization has made for their residents. And, of course, we'll have some expert financial advice, as usual, on our Take 5 with RBC interview. I'm so thrilled that RBC has signed on again for Season 3 of GoToGrandma. We will continue to bring you insightful and informational interviews from the Wealth Management, Estate Planning, and RBC U.S. Bank Divisions. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll be looking for you on the radio next week. I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Instagram, at Kathy Buckworth, or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.